Hey, welcome to season two of After the Act. Figured we'd uh, start this off by giving you guys a preview as to what's coming on season two of ATA. Um, did uh, did anyone even know we were gone? I wonder. I I forgot we were gone. Actually, totally did. Um, yeah, you know, ATA Awards is going to signify the finale of every season, so we figured we'd uh, change things up for at least season two. For those who uh, noticed we were gone, you'll at least notice some differences in season two of After the Act. Uh, what do we have in store for them? Well, for our audience members, just so you know, we've upgraded a little bit for this season. We've got a, a lot of things we're really excited about. Uh, we've got a few new uh, new types of episodes that we'll be releasing. Uh, one of the ones that we'll be doing pretty soon is uh, short films from YouTube. So what we'll do is we'll pick three short films collectively, and uh, we'll kind of talk about each one, the things we liked, the things we didn't like, and then we'll shout out those directors because, you know, people need, uh, people need to get credit where credit is due. Uh, one of the other things we're going to be doing is some uh, throwback episodes. So, uh, so like old films, or uh, or maybe even uh, uh, just like campy B type of movies that uh, we'll also be reviewing just for the hell of it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, we have a few other things too. We're going to start reviewing some television seasons. So, just picking an entire season of a show and just go ham on a review about it. Um, one's coming up very soon, so look forward to that. We have some updated music for the episodes as well. So changing things up in the intro and the outro. More segments and bits throughout. Um, and then, of course, ending everything with another ATA Awards with updated categories. And also look forward to some movie reviews on MalinPictures.com. I'm going to be publishing some articles on there as well. So if you don't want to hear our voices, that's fine. You can just read what we have to say sometimes, too. And uh, I guess the biggest announcement is uh, you're going to get to see our faces pretty soon, right? Mm, true. True. Tell them about that. So uh, we'll also be doing uh, some video reviews. Actually, all of our stuff is going to become video reviews, and then we'll just kind of take that audio, and that will be the podcast episode too. But uh, something we've really been wanting to do for a long time. Uh, so, yeah, you get to see our beautiful faces every week too uh, as we upload these episodes for you guys. So uh, stay tuned. That will be on our YouTube page for Malum Pictures. Check it out. Yep, absolutely. So that'll be coming soon as well. But yeah, um, a lot of exciting things happening. Thanks for sticking with us in season one of After the Act. And welcome to season two. Let's do this. Let's get started, baby. After the Act, a film podcast where we talk about movies and shows that we watch. We are your hosts. I am Randy, here with Armando. And today we will be talking about Bad Boys for Life, the third installment of the Bad Boys franchise. As always, you can find more of our work on MalumPictures.com. Email, email us at AfterTheActPodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook and Instagram and any platforms where you listen to podcasts will probably be on. Um, but yeah, I'm going to talk about Bad Boys for Life, which honestly, I didn't expect us to talk about. But I feel like the start of the year was a little slow. And this was a, a surprising entry, honestly. 
I mean, to be fair, we we like to we like to keep it diverse. So we uh we wanted to add another action film. I think the last one we did was like John Wick Chapter Three, way long ago. So uh, I thought I thought we true, would do true. anyways. Yeah, for sure. And after I watched this movie, I was gonna watch it anyways. I, I was a fan of this franchise. I was like, oh shit, okay. There's actually something to talk about. Surprisingly, something to talk about. So we're gonna get into that. And I think we'll probably start with that actually. So Armando. Uh, what 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 has been your relationship with the Bad Boys franchise and these two leading actors actors of Will Smith and uh, Martin Lawrence? Uh, were you looking forward to this at all? Uh, so it's it's always interesting for me to look at Bad Boys because it's a movie. I think the first one came out in 1996, I believe, something like that. Um, so I you know we were kids when the first one came out. Uh, but that's really the first Michael Michael Bay movie that I saw, from what I remember, um, and it had those like slow camera angles that are pretty customary now for Michael Bay films. You know, they've even been like made fun of quite a bit nowadays. But um, at the time, it was uh, it was pretty it was pretty original to have that kind of style and grit to a movie. And uh, Martin Lawrence, you know, Will Smith, that dynamic was just brilliant back in the day. Still was in this film, but um. Yeah, it was a, it was the first time you really saw uh, a duo in an action film because I think up until that point a lot of action films actually had just like a solo one man show, uh, but this was the first time you got to see like a two cops kind of going against it together as brothers and you know at the same time it was the early '90s so we were just starting to get a lot of black representation minority representation is like starring roles in these kinds of films so it was really refreshing on many fronts. Uh, when the first Bad Boys movie came out. So I have fond memories of it. Uh, I was very excited for 3, but you and I can both attest to this fact that it's kind of been in development hell for like over a decade, and I was already beginning to make fun of it. Like, yeah, it's like the Detox album. It's it's coming soon, but it's actually never coming out. Um, and eventually they decided that, you know, they were going to go forth with it. And from what I heard in interviews, it was mostly Will Smith just kind of scrapping the different scripts that were coming his way because he didn't want it to turn into uh, just a really bad sequel, uh, which I think something happened with some of his other films like Men in Black 2. No hate. I mean, that's just what he said in his interviews. But um, I'm glad they did it. And this, you know, we'll get into a little bit later. But this particular film, despite most films that come out of development hell being terrible, this one was really good. And I dare say this was actually the best one in the trilogy uh, in terms of writing and character development. So, yeah, I was pretty excited, and it did it did not disappoint. Yeah, very fair. Um, yeah, similar. I, I have fond memories of watching Bad Boys and Bad Boys 2. You know, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith are, like, one of my favorite dynamic duos. Um, I think the, the only one I can think of right now that had a kind of dual starring cops were the lethal weapon series the all four of those um and i can't think of many more you had things like die hard in the 90s um just like the solo cop hero but yeah, yeah bad boys franchise i felt like helped establish a lot of the tropes that <laughs> exist now in cops of like the boss being uh so mad at their uh their employees just blowing shit up um as you saw in like rush hour I think took some uh, cues from Bad Boys, um, but yeah, I think I was looking forward to this movie about uh, I don't know, 15 years ago. I think that's when I wanted it. Uh, the first one came out in '95, the second one in in 2003. Um, so I figured at the very li- like latest it would be like 2010. 
Um, but even in the 2010s, like we kept hearing talks about it, then it never happened. And uh, Martin Lawrence, I felt like just kind of drifted into obscurity. And Will Smith started doing his own thing with other kind of franchises. They didn't think it would happen. And then when they finally announced it'll be Bad Boys for Life coming out in 2020, I was like, all right, it'll, it sounds like a cash grab, like uh, that last Men in Black movie we got with uh, Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson, where they're like, all right, we'll just milk this IP for whatever it's worth. And honestly, I thought it might flop since I'm not sure if the Bad Boys legacy really held up. But, you know, this movie came out. I was going to see it anyways and got to say it didn't it did not disappoint. It superseded anything I thought this movie could do. Um, those two, Will Smith and Martin, they're still hilarious together. It's still one of my favorite combinations of lead actors in these action type roles. Um, they it felt like they didn't miss a beat at all. Uh, and surprisingly, this movie is really mature. Um, you know, Bad Boys, the first one, and Bad Boys 2. I feel like they had kind of different tones. Bad Boys 2, it's just it's just ridiculous. I think it's funnier of the two. Uh, but it's just a ridiculous plot and uh, moral choices the characters make. But this one, it, it takes all that humor, but it adds surprising heart to it. Um, they flesh out, you know, Will Smith's character. I feel like the character trends that Bad Boys 1 and 2 set up are paid off in this one. I feel like they really actually do a lot of these characters justice. It was really surprising. So, um, Bad Boys for Life, which for some reason is the title of the third film, um, was decent. Way better than I expected. Way better than it should have been, honestly. Um, but yeah, I'm glad it, uh, it made enough. It was so. It was good enough where it made enough money where now they're going to greenlight a fourth one, which now can't be called Bad Boys for Life. Kind of fucked up there, but you know I'm happy. I'm happy how it turned out. Bad Boys, the next generation. I mean, it's got to be at this point. Um, Pretty much. I do like. I I was concerned about a few things with this movie, specifically how long it took for it to come out, and one of the things I really noticed about like you were saying, kind of taking old IPs and reestablishing them as a cash grab. A lot of the movies that have done that in recent memory, like the, the Die Hard series, um, they tend to, and like Rambo and Rocky and all this other stuff, um, they had a nasty habit of keeping the same actors, which is what Bad Boys did, and even though the actors were really old, uh, they still put them as like these giant tough guys that were unable to be taken down because they're just so manly and amazing. Uh, and it just was really unbelievable and corny to me, tech, like uh, honestly. Uh, so that was a concern I had going into this movie, but I actually was really surprised that uh, they were poking fun at that fact because throughout a lot of the movie, not getting into any specific spoilers yet, but uh, they kind of make fun of the fact that they're old now and uh, they need to just you know stop trying to live that sexy Miami PD police officer life and uh, kind of settle down, retire, you know, have a family, have a legacy to leave behind. So I do enjoy uh, that they used the comedic elements to kind of poke fun at that trope. Um, and that was that was just generally a huge concern of mine going in because, you know, at the time of the first Bad Boys coming out, you had Martin Lawrence, you know, at the peak of, like, not his peak, but he was he was pretty much extremely famous for the show Martin. And then Will Smith for, like, Fresh, Pan for Fresh Prince, and like his rapping with DJ Jazzy Jeff. So, you know, they were they were pretty big powerhouses at the time coming together to make this film, and that's what added to the charm of it. 
and I was just a little concerned that that might be tarnished all these years later. But no, did not disappoint. Like you said, it was a it was a great film, and uh, I was uh, I was thoroughly impressed. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, if nothing else, we can uh, dive into spoilers here. But before we do, um, do you want more movies of this franchise? You know, they're they're coming out with the fourth one. Do you think? Um, you're looking forward to it. Does this movie warrant that um, uh, further kind of like fast and the furious level franchise uh, branches? I never like to see that with any series, uh, but I really don't want to see that with this one uh, because I feel like this movie ended on a perfect note. There was a there was a lot of there was a origin story. Uh, it was put to rest and every character essentially had closure and the start of a new beginning. Uh, in terms of like just living a different life other than being a Miami PD police officer. So I don't think it warrants a fourth one, warrants a fourth one, pun intended. Um, and if they do some kind of weird spinoff thing where they're no longer the, they're like they're in the movie, but they're not like the main focus point. It's them bringing like a new generation. I still don't want to see that. I'd rather them just have closure. Uh, do take the honor of making a great third installment in a film and being one of the few series where the third one's the best and just leaving it alone. I feel like that would be the best option, especially when it comes to Michael Bay films, which have a tendency of just overstaying their welcome looking at you transformers. Uh, so yeah, I don't want to see that. I think the only exception to an action movie that I would like to see that in is John wick. And that's because John wick does a really good job of building lore with each movie that makes you want to keep watching. Uh, and it's believable that there would be a fourth film based on the ending of that third one. But from what I saw from Bad Boys 3, there really isn't a need to to keep milking the cow, so to speak. I thought it was a perfect ending. They should leave it at that. Um, and maybe if they want to, like, expand on the universe of the Bad Boys world, maybe they could do, like, a Netflix series or something like that with, like, other characters. But, yeah, I think Martin and Will should just, just leave it at this one. That's fair. I Yeah, uh, cash grabs... They don't always work out. Um, I will say that without getting spoilers yet, they do set it up where I can totally see a fourth and fifth film and them turning this into another Fast and the Furious franchise, which I'm not actually that into. Um, but I, I'd rather them also just kind of call it here. They definitely set it up for future installments, but I don't think they need to. Just uh, the, the hat trick was completed. I enjoyed all three. And I think yeah, it, was a, it was a good note to end on. Um, I'll also note that this movie was the first Bad Boys movie not directed by Michael Bay. This one was directed by Adil and Bilal. And I do feel like they were able to make this script really pop with their uh, with their vision. So, you know, if they were to bring back this franchise for more past the fourth one. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind uh, Adil and Bilal directing this one and uh, Chris Bremner writing the next one again. Because they did a pretty good job with this one. But we will get into spoilers now. So spoilers for Bad Boys for Life, starting and now. And in the words, and in the words of Martin Lawrence, shit just got real. Slow pan to left. On Randy and myself as we begin this journey. Let's do it. As they do the upward hero shot as the camera spins around us with one of us with our shirt off. Uh, classic. Both, both of us with our shirt off. 
Yes. <laughs> and no pants too, which I think that's the new <laughs> that's the new hero shot. It's usually like a shirtless or the the buttonless shirt. Now now it's pantsless. There's no pants. That's that but still shirt. Like that's next level. Just like no <laughs> pants but still shirt. <laughs> yeah, like the the Hero and Kumar uh bottomless party. Yeah. We have bottomless hero exactly. shots. I like it. I think that all right, in our next film we're doing that. <laughs> no matter what it is. Um, man, I got to say, first. get ready to see us pantsless. <laughs> That's going to be the next, uh, we probably can't put that one on YouTube. We might have to go to a different kind of channel for that. <laughs> it's going to happen though. <laughs> um, but man, like when I started watching this movie, I forgot how much I missed these two together. Like I wish they were in movies beyond this franchise together. Cause they're perfect. Like they're both around 50 years old. I think Martin definitely looks different. Like. He, he got bigger. You know, no shame. No shame in a body game. But you can tell, like, yeah, he's aged. They both have aged. But, yeah, they play into it perfectly. Because they set up the characters, like Bad Boys 1, Mar- uh, Marcus, Martin's character, is a family man. He's a family man just trying to make it work with his girl. Will Smith is his bachelor dude, single always, you know. Uh, you know, getting all the ladies and, all th- and whatnot. In Bad Boys 2, Martin starts to feel, or Marcus starts to feel a little bit like the weight of his actions is taking a toll of his, of his mental state. He's thinking about retiring. Will Smith is kind of doubling down on his whole player persona, but, you know, starting to fall in love here and there. And I love how this movie somehow, like, took those character setups and they actually doubled down on it. Like, Martin is trying to completely woosah his life at this point. Uh, completely. And Will Smith is struggling at least it seems like he's struggling with being 50 and single and not having a family and that just not being a good look for a 50 year old. So I like how they, they took those character threads and they continued with them. I agree with you. Uh, and one of my favorite things about the film itself was, uh, I got real tortoise in the hair kind of vibes to the whole thing. Like that, that story as a child, uh, because, uh, Martin Lawrence's character, Marcus, he uh, he's always like kind of going at his own pace throughout the whole film. Like he's got that old man kind of swag to him, where he's kind of too old for this shit, but he's doing it for his homie, his partner. So he he reluctantly goes for along for the ride throughout the whole film, but it adds to the chemistry. It it adds a new dynamic to the chemistry, I would say, uh, from the previous films because you have Will Smith's character kind of being the hothead and just wanting to take everyone down quickly and doing like these really cool stylized stunts as he's chasing after the bad guy. And we'll get into the plot in a second here, but then you have Martin Lawrence's character kind of holding back, maybe showing up a little bit later, kind of analyzing the situation a little more thoroughly. And it just adds to this like this perfect combination of uh, how they're supposed to be. So they, they, they really emphasize those character traits to kind of show that, Marcus's character and Will Smith's character, um, they kind of complete each other. Uh, they make each other like the perfect cop, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like my, like when they're trying to get some information and Will usually just wants to, you know, pistol whip people. <laughs> and then Marcus is like, no, wait, man, I'm going to penetrate his soul with my heart. And, you know, that doesn't really work out. He gets his ass kicked by that dude. And then, you know, <laughs> he's all right. You can you can you can fuck him up now. Uh, but I love that that's set gets, up there. He gets fucking, like, he gets bitch slapped, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he gets rocked completely. 
Um, but it's like, you know, he's trying to be a man of God. Like, that that's his character now. He's trying to be a man of God. He's put, putting a badge away, putting a gun away. He doesn't really get back into it until, you know, Will Smith's character gets shot, when Mike gets shot um, on that strip, when they're uh, doing that race to see, okay, whoever wins, the other has to either retire or, you know, allow the other one to retire. Um, and that was like, e- even after Mike's character got shot, recovered, asked for Marcus's help, Marcus still said no, because he's like, hey, I'm a grandfather now. Like, I need to be there for my family. I love you. You're my brother. But there's no point in going after revenge, man. You Like, you're living. That's a win. But obviously, Mike's character couldn't uh, handle that. And ultimately, they get back together to do it. But, I mean, I think my favorite thing, and it's like a classic script trope, but... Marcus doing the whole penetrate this man with my soul and uh, it not working out. And then, of course, in the end, that's what Will Smith's character tries to do when he learned about his son and him not wanting to have to kill his son. He uses that same callback of trying to penetrate his heart. And I'm like, oh, that damn, like, it's not, you know, the most clever thing in the world. But for this level, this for this franchise, like, I was surprised at how much they utilize character backgrounds and new beats to complete these arcs. I was, I was impressed. I was impressed. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, uh, just to kind of, just kind of add a little bit to that. Uh, there was, (laughs) there was also the flip side to that with Marcus's character towards the climax of that film where Will's trying to like approach him from an emotional standpoint, the main bad guy who happens to be his son uh, Marcus, you know, normally the pacifist or the, the one to kind of take the, the most efficient road instead of the hardest road, he's forced into a position where he has to fight and just be brutal when he's fighting the, uh, the, uh, the, the main female villain. I forget. What's yeah, her character's Isabel. name? It's, uh, Isabel. Isabel. Yeah. So he's fighting Isabel, uh, getting stabbed, getting his ass beat. But at the end, that's what he has to do to get out of that situation. So I love the juxtaposition at the end of that film. Uh, it's it's really well done. It's very well done. Yeah, it was even that moment where like Mike tries to find a loophole within Marcus's own philosophy. It was like, listen, like I think God put that gun to your hand right now. You are a soldier. You're you're a messenger of God right now. He wants you to shoot them. He's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> He's able to justify being on the rest of this Act Three plot. But it's like, yeah, God <laughs> gave me this gun. I'm gonna fuck him up now. <laughs> and then he proceeds to fuck him up, which is you know. Yeah. It's just it's a great scene. There's a lot of little tidbit like great scenes in that movie that are just because of that chemistry. And I think that's what the writers did well with this film. They just gave Martin and Will kind of just the range and freedom to just play off of each other in really unique ways that uh you really don't see in a lot of other films. Uh, I know we've said this plenty of times before. Chemistry goes a long way when it comes to two actors uh, on the screen and those two have it in spades and I think actually the years that have gone by have even helped it um help build that chemistry on screen so it was uh it was really fun to watch uh i do uh i do think just for some context here man uh should we should we lay out just the basic premises of the plot for the audience members yeah maybe very briefly let's do it so essentially to anyone just add context to this martin lawrence um and will smith's character it's many years later since the last bad boys film uh essentially Marcus wants to retire. Will Smith's character is like, nah, man, we're boys. You can't retire. You can't leave me hanging. And Marcus is just like, no, yes, I can. I'm too old for this shit. 
I want to stay home. I want to put my feet up on the recliner, and I just want to enjoy my life, enjoy my wife, and that's it. And Will just can't wrap his head around that. He still has that, like, hard-ass, I'm a bad boy, sexy cop who lives life on his by his own rules kind of mentality still. And Marcus is just done. So what ends up happening is Marcus says he's going to retire. Um, and long story short, things get developed in the background while they're going back and forth with that, uh, you know, with that conundrum of parting ways. You find out that there is this cartel woman uh, who escapes jail with the help of her son. You find out that uh, they were both the children, or one was the wife, one was the son of this cartel guy named Armando, um, and they want to seek revenge on anybody who had a role in her arrest and essentially taking down their their empire, their cartel empire. Uh, so that's where the you know main characters come into play. Will Smith, uh, he gets attacked, he gets shot, he almost dies in this film, which is crazy. Was not expecting that at all, um, and that's where you get that whole. Uh, Marcus saying things about God and not wanting to kill people because he makes a deal when uh, Will Smith's character is in the hospital recovering. He says, hey, if you save his life, I will no longer kill people and I will retire and that will be the end of it. And that's really the whole film goes and it it ends up culminating into a climax where uh, Will Smith finds out that uh, Isabel's son is actually his son and that's why he doesn't want to kill him at the end and he tries to, you know, make him feel emotions, so to speak, uh, and bond with him so that they can both get out of that situation alive. So that's where the movie goes. It's a pretty simple premise, but what it does well is that it adds an origin story to uh, Mike, Mike's character, and uh, it gives each character enough individual time to grow as well um, as, you know, as the movie progresses. So it does... It does what I wanted it to do very well, which was show the progression of these characters, how they've matured, and how they've used that maturity to kind of solve the situation at hand because physically they just can't anymore. And uh, one of the biggest parts that I liked was uh, their interactions just with the younger generation. Uh, they realized that there is you know, other people in their task force who can help them out. Uh, and they go to, uh, I forget what the name of the task force is called, but they, uh, they employ, the employ or, what was it? Ammo. What was it? Ammo. Like gun ammo. Ammo. Oh, that's right. Ammo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they they work with this unit called Ammo and, you know, it, it culminates into like really great comedic bits and moments uh, where they work together to kind of, you know, accomplish the job of taking down Isabel and her people. Uh, so, yeah, the chemistry all around fantastic. Uh, but that was just the brief synopsis of Bad Boys for Life. I think my favorite thing about this movie, too, was them giving uh, Mike's character an origin story, which he did not need. But when they gave it, I'm like, yeah, I actually like that. If like once uh, Mike informs Marcus of his background of being an underground uh, undercover cop in this mission in South America uh, or South America or Mexico. But then he learns. You know, he get, he gets too deep undercover. The classic thing of like, oh man, I'm, I'm in too deep, and I'm I'm a part of it now. And he fell in love with the drug kingpin witch doctor lady. Uh, but it was funny because after he tells the story, Marcus is like, oh, is that why you dress like a drug dealer? <laughs> it all makes sense now. And it's just like, oh yeah, that all really fit into his character pretty well. They gave him this secret son, 
And a big part of it, of the conversation between Marcus and Mike was that Mike lives a superficial life. He doesn't have a family, which Marcus equivalents to being the purpose of living. And, you know, kind of hard for that 50-plus-year-old to now start that family. But he actually had family all along. Like, biologically, he had a son. And that was a fun reveal. It was pretty intense because his son was taking out everyone, including uh, Captain Howard, who was always, like, the third best part of this franchise, just the prototypical boss of the cops who are had it up to here, tired of their shit, Mayor is on his ass. Chugging Pepto-Bismol. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's even older than them. Like, they're all pretty much over the hump. But, you know, he, they killed him. That was a pretty significant death. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna miss that part of their uh, of their dynamic is t- having to talk to the captain and just be sarcastic assholes towards him. But, you know, it was pretty impactful. It, they had impactful moments like that. Yeah, they introduced ammo which I really like, too. So, I mean, I think that's why I think they're going to milk this shit as, like, a fran- a Fast and Furious type thing because you're going to have ammo. Now Marcus and Mike run ammo um, now that the other woman has been made captain of the police force. So I just feel like it's going to be a lot of trying to build up new characters, you know, like the Vanessa Hudgens character and whatnot, and then maybe have Marcus and Mike be, like, the Captain Howard substitutes. They might try something like that and do, like, a Bad Boys legacy. Um, but I had fun with Ammo. I had fun with Ammo. I had fun with the origin they set up Will Smith's character to have. And, you know, it's, I, I loved even at the end, they did a post credit scene where Mike's coming to Armando, his son, um, to have him help with a new case. Uh, so it could totally be a thing where they, like, somehow let him out of prison so they can help him on some kind of mission in the future. And I can see them just trying to milk this for like two, three more films if they really wanted to because this movie made so much money. It made north of $400 million and it was right under $100 million to make. So it was a hit. So as long as they keep making money, I, I think this will go a long way. Uh, yeah, and you know, that's inevitably going to happen as long as it's profitable. They're always going to try to you know set more stuff up out there. Um, yeah, and you know, like I said... I'm just going based on what I've seen previously in other franchises like Fast and Furious and it that franchise just looks just way too played out. Um, I just saw the newest trailer for that new one. Then I was at number nine or ten. I don't even know at this point with uh, John Cena and it just looks so ridiculous. Like are these cl- are these cars flying now? I don't want bad boys to get to that point. Um, like I said, I'd probably prefer to see it as like a Netflix show if they're going to go that kind of route. Uh, but nothing more than that. I, I I don't know. I just, I think at this point, uh, I think they should just leave it alone, man. I mean, I, I'd rather leave it at this. Although since they've already set up number four, I'm like, okay, let's see where they could go with this. Although they, can, they can't do a TV show with this if you're going to have Will Smith. Because I feel like he's half their budget. It's just his salary. So I think they can only do like a movie, but... If, if they're going to do another one, I want the fourth one to be the last one. Um, I don't know whatever resolutions they can have, but, I mean, they did set up the love interest with Will Smith's ex being involved. Maybe he can finally get married and whatnot and have another family of his own. Uh, but overall, if they, if they ended it here, then it was a solid trilogy, like very solid trilogy. They don't need anything else, really. 
Um, I was surprised they had they had some guests uh, cameos really with uh, what DJ Cali and uh, who else was in there? Uh, DJ uh, Cali. Yep, Nikki Jam was in there. DJ Khaled actually played himself in the movie, which is hilarious. Um, and I don't mean he played himself as the person. I mean he played himself. You know what I mean? <laughs> as Manny the uh, Butcher. Exactly, uh, exactly. Um, yeah. And then I know Michael M- Michael Bay also had a cameo in the film. Uh, oh, did he? I missed that. He he did. Yeah, he he was one of the, the like background characters, uh, which was really funny to see. And I'm trying to think, was there any other cameos? Uh... Eh, no, 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 think so. no. Oh yeah, Michael Bay was the wedding MC. He was the wedding MC. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But they, uh, they had, they had some pretty, some pretty funny moments with those characters. So I do enjoy that. Like I said, uh, it's a movie that's very aware of how long it took for itself to come out, uh, and they try to, to like, you know, poke, poke fun at themselves any way they can, but also do the really hard job of keeping it serious when it needs to be instead of it feeling like a parody. So that's another thing that bad boys uh, really, really did well. And I do actually really like that. They killed the captain in this film. Cause I think any real movie has to have a significant loss in it to be taken kind of seriously. And uh, it, that kill kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, so I really, I really actually enjoyed that. And he, he actually plays a really cool role in this film because as the captain in the other two films, he was like the stereotypical angry guy. Uh, who would just kind of like yell and curse and tell them they need to get their job done or someone's going to be up his ass in some kind of way. Uh, but in this one, he takes the approach of like the wise old man, right? The wise sage. Uh, he gives that whole analogy to Mike when they're playing basketball or watching the basketball game on the court about, you know, the guy uh, not knowing where he's going. And if he doesn't know where he's going, then what's the purpose uh, of doing it so he he was imparting some some big knowledge some some really cool like knowledge nuggets so to speak to the characters throughout the film uh before he passed so character was utilized well and then when he died it was it was just enough of a loss for me to feel like things were quote-unquote getting real for the film so that that was another part that i really enjoyed in this film yeah i mean they killed a lot of people like there are a lot of characters we didn't know before but yeah, uh, Mike's son Armando just went on a assassin spree. Uh, this movie had good action. Like you know, talk about an action movie. This movie had pretty good action, uh, per usual. Uh, just the set pieces of like Will Smith fighting his son. That was always cool. Just Marcus making fun of him, like, damn, like you keep getting your ass kicked, dude. Uh, that was all fun. That final set piece of them fighting in that. Uh, I don't know where they were. Like some kind of mansion. It's just hellfire all underneath them was pretty epic. So, I mean, the the key to this franchise is that Will Smith and Martin Lawrence need to be hilarious together, and there needs to be good set pieces throughout. They did those two things, so the movie succeeded already. I agree. And, uh, you know, I'll ask your opinion on this one too, but I think that this movie had the best villain in it. Uh, just... The, just the intro to Isabel in this film was terrifying. You just see this woman who's all dirty in this like back ass nowhere jail in Mexico, and she's just there, kind of praying to herself, sounding like she's crazy. And then all of a sudden, brutally in the first five minutes, the correctional officer who uh, I think pokes her with a nightstick ends up getting brutally stabbed on screen multiple times, like to a bloody pulp. And then Isabel pretends to be here and covers herself in her blood to escape jail. It's it's actually a really brutal intro scene. Uh, I think this film really does a good job of portraying Isabella 
and this just like psychopathic, I will kill you and not bat an eye or think twice about it. Um, so she was really terrifying. And her son, uh, he did a great job of being the same way. Had a bigger moral compass uh, towards the end of the film. But he was, uh, you could tell, like, they did a really good job of portraying him as her son. Like how she brought him up to be just this stone cold killer like her. Um, so I think this film had the best villains in it. You're right. The choreography was probably the best as well. So it had some really cool fight scenes in this film. They really paid attention to, uh, to that aspect of it as well. And it kind of just adds, like I was saying, the balance between comedy and action in this film uh, that I really enjoyed. Fun little nugget that I didn't know, uh, but the actress who plays Isabella, um, trying to remember her name, uh, Kate, uh, De, Kate. Uh, Kate, De, yep, Kate De, uh, Del Castillo, she was actually the actress from Mexico who used to, uh, I think she used to date El Chapo, the, the actual Mexican drug dealer. Uh, who just got arrested in Mexico. So she did not have to dig too deep to really find that role and like understand what it entailed in terms of mannerism and characteristics because she lived that life in real life, which was really interesting. Uh, so yeah, she actually used to be a real cartel boss's main squeeze. She denies it, I think, to this day, but come on. No one's going to believe that she just went to go visit him and you know they weren't doing anything together. Um, so yeah, she... She's like that that added to the scary factor for me that she was actually uh dating a stone called uh stone called cartel mafia boss like El Chapo in real life. So, yeah, just added to the layers of uh believability for me. Yeah, I didn't know that at all. Uh, that's really interesting. Um yeah, she was vicious like scary. Like she scared the fuck out of Marcus, a, a man of gods, like this fucking witch doctor who's shanking him left and right. Which I really love that contrast, like that final battle is like the good versus evil battle because he's a man of yeah. God and she's like praying to Madre Muerte, like just all this like Santeria type of stuff. It, it's actually a really cool dynamic. And then for her to get shot by Rita at the end, um, as she accidentally shot her son and went to finish off Mike and then she falls into the flames that were, you know, obviously just hellishly um, shot for a reason. Just her falling to the pits of hell, essentially. It was pretty solid visual, given how they set up her uh, witch doctor-esque character. Yeah, and then you had Marcus giving, um, you had Marcus giving Mike so much shit throughout the film about how he should have never procreated with a witch, and how that was a terrible decision <laughs> that he should have never made. Like you fucked her without a rubber, dude. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were on that plane, and they kept like switching seats. Mark was like, like, would you? Mark, he was talking to a passenger, like, hey, w- w- would you stick your dick in a witch doctor without rubber? No, right, right. I'm not crazy. It's like, <laughs> so that's fair. And yeah, and then you have that immediately following, like, oh, what do you plan on doing about it? What are you going to do with your son? And you have Mike saying, I'm going to kill him. And then the passenger just looks so terrified at that point. He's like, yeah, I'll switch, <laughs> I'll switch seats with you. That's cool. I don't, I don't want to be incriminated in whatever it is you're talking about. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, man, this it was such a good movie. Like, it was an entertaining movie. I'll say that much. Like, the entire crowd was just dying laughing, or just there were. It was just a good time. This is a good time just to have a, a fun pop. This is a summer flick in January, so it wasn't a bad. It wasn't a bad way to start off the year. Um, you know, I think one thing that was interesting because I feel like, you know, the buddy cop thing has been fairly popular since the '90s, uh, since Lethal Weapon at least. I feel like there's a good amount of them out there. 
Um, is there another franchise, and I would never want them to do this, but hypothetically, that you can see this franchise like melding with? Like, what crossover would you want to see uh, Mike Lowry and Marcus uh, Burnett uh, crossover into? Uh, I think the most appropriate one would actually be the Miami Vice universe, right? Because they're both Miami Dade mm. PD officers. That makes sense. Uh, so, yeah, I would like to see them. And I think the last Miami Vice movie had like Colin Farrell and Jamie Foxx in it. Uh, but that would actually be a really cool contrast because Miami Vice was a really serious movie. They like really emphasized how gritty Miami life as a cop could be. And then you have Bad Boys, which does that, but also keeps it really light. Uh, at certain points. So I would love to see those characters interact with one another and just like kind of get annoyed with each other at first with, uh, with Jamie Foxx's character kind of getting annoyed by Marcus and then Will Farrell or Will Smith and uh, Colin Farrell's characters kind of being the more serious, sexy ones. Uh, so that would, that would be cool to like expand on that, that Miami universe. I think that that'd be the one I'd want to see the Miami verse. That's a good one. That's a good pull. I kind of forget about that movie. Um, yeah, that's, that'll be a good one. I think one that might be more obvious, but the most ridiculous movie would be them crossing over with 21, 22 Jump Street. Just seeing those Oh, two my movies. God. That's incredible. <laughs> Just a bad boy Jump Street. Um, I mean, Weren't they going to do that? Weren't they going to do that with Men in Black? Like yeah. they, were, they were joking about it? Yeah. Yeah, which also would have been good. I just I want Will Smith. I want... Uh, Martin Lawrence to interact with those two guys. Also, I want to see Ice Cube involved in there too. I just think that would be a ridiculous combination <laughs> to have Will Smith and Marcus interact with Ice Cube's um, stereotypical angry police captain character. I think that'd be great. What is he saying that in that movie? Uh, Ice Cube, he's just like, yeah, the angry black captain. Yes, yeah, a stereotype, <laughs> but guess what? I'm angry. And I'm and black. I'm black. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Yes, I need to see that actually happen. I, I don't care. I'll, I'll watch it. That that's a great dynamic. <laughs> oh my goodness! And I just would love to hear Marcus's jokes about Korean Jesus, like just that type of humor. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Uh, and just I just feel like Will Smith was just like kind of him. He would like the a dynamic he had with the other like hot shot ammo cop who you know was like making fun about how he like hey i probably have sex with your mom by the way like i feel like the substitute of that character would be uh, uh what's his name what's the other 21 jump street opposite of jonah hill oh uh, channing tatum's character yeah yeah i feel like that'd be fun watching like channing and will play off of each like both being the athletic sexy ones but one clearly being older than the other um and then, like, maybe uh, Jonah Hill's, like, trying to, like, act like, oh, yeah, being a man of God. Yeah, totally get it, man. I love all that. Uh, I love that uh, that God stuff. That's good. That's good. Like, there's so many good dynamics that can happen there. So I think what we'll do is Malum Pictures will help produce that crossover. Um, I think it's still, like, I think this one was distributed by Sony. So I feel like they're kind of under the same umbrella, right? It can happen. Yeah, it's going to be a busy year for us, but uh, we'll, we'll get it done, man. <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah, any other uh, final thoughts on Bad Boys for Life? Um, I will actually just want to pose a question to you. Uh, how do you rank the three films? Was uh, For me, it would be like number three is my favorite, uh, followed by number one, and then number two being my least favorite. I actually really didn't like number two. 
Um, I thought it was just really derivative and didn't really do much in terms of being bigger and better than, you know, the previous film, which is what you aim for in an action sequel. Uh, but that's how I rank them. How would you rank those three films? Oh, the exact same way. So three, one, then two. Um, I liked all of them. Now, Bad Boys 2 is not a good movie. It's just fucking hilarious. It's just big action sequences. Marcus Lawrence gets shot in his ass. And then now his dick doesn't work. And then they have that conversation where that's said on Best Buy. Like, that's just funny. So it was, just, it was an entertaining film. But 3 is definitely the best one. Because they actually put in work for the characters. One, I know it just kind of popped off the series. It's the first time you've seen these two who were like the two biggest kind of stars in the 90s come together. And then, you know, two just kind of like, whatever, we'll just have these guys shoot the shit, you know, beat people with bats. And Marcus will watch rats have sex in a vent, you know, like it was just ridiculous. But uh, yeah, three, one, then two. Um, and I, I feel like I feel like if they keep the this kind of same core creators of the director Adil and Bilal and the writers uh let's see who was it It was Chris Chris Bremner Peter Craig and Joe uh they keep those writers there I think it'll I think number four can also be a pretty good one but hopefully they stop it there because you know might as well just put Will Smith and Martin Lawrence in a different franchise just entirely different one make something new uh I'd be happy to watch that too one thing that, uh, you know, one thing I was surprised that never got a sequel. Do you remember the movie Blue Streak? Of course. We quote that way too often. Yeah. Blue Streak was an incredible film, and that movie could have totally had a sequel. And it had that perfect blend of comedy and action with, like, Martin Lawrence in it. And that movie ends with him fleeing to Mexico with the diamond. That could have easily been expanded upon for a sequel. I'm so surprised that that movie never happened. So I would love to see that. You could throw Will Smith in that for for you know post, pro, posterity as well, uh, but man, I really wish we got a Blue Streak too. And I don't know what what Martin Lawrence is currently up to, but if we start seeing him on a resurgence with more films, that's one of the ones I'd like to see him in. That's fair. I mean, that's a classic. Well, I feel like Martin Lawrence went through. I mean, he was a he was a really big star in the nineties, and he they put him in a few and a lot of different cops franchise that's like big mama's house i try not to remember that movie but when i was like nine that movie was hilarious and that was him doing the uh fat woman suit being an undercover cop he was in blue streak where you know he pretended to be a cop and then he was in that other movie that was also like this buddy film he had like this white counterpart i forgot it was like I don't know. It wasn't, a, it wasn't as good, but he was in at least four different police franchises, um, surprisingly. Uh, but I would love to see Martin Lawrence and more stuff. You know, it's you know he was huge in the '90s. You know, he had some really big bangers like uh, you know Blue Streak and Big Mama's House and Bad Boys and Life, which I think is a slept-on movie. I really like that movie, Life. With uh, that's an incredible Eddie film with Eddie Murphy. Yeah, yeah. And he actually goes on record by saying that was his favorite person to work with on camera. Um, with with Eddie Murphy, he said he felt like they had the greatest chemistry out of any other person he's done a film with. Uh, so yeah, that's a really good film, and I feel like a lot of people forget about it. Yeah, it's it's way too slept on. Um, I think only like the NAACP gave it awards for anything, but I mean, yeah, this team like all these people are old now, but like we saw in Bad Boys, we can play off of that of like 
these you know hotshot comics now having to be old, having to be grandfathers or fathers, and just having to grapple with their own mortality while still keeping their wit. So yeah, more Martin Lawrence. You know, if if you want to get really ridiculous, going back to the crossover, have them crossover with a rush hour. <laughs> just have Chris Tucker's character just talk with those guys. That'd be hilarious too. Um, Marcus, Marcus, you're crazy. <laughs> I don't want no trouble, Mike. Uh, yeah, I would love that. But, you know, more Martin Lawrence. Will Smith, I mean, he does something every year. He'll be fine. But definitely some more Martin Lawrence. I think that's the biggest takeaway here. Yeah, I, I want to see. I like to see actors make a resurgence, um, especially when they've been on kind of a hiatus for a long time. That's why I loved seeing Eddie Murphy kind of come back with My Name is Dolomite and then making that appearance on SNL after he said he would never be back. So. Uh, yeah, I love to see stuff like that, especially when they make good content, because uh, then it just makes you kind of reevaluate that actor and make you want to look at all their previous works as they prepare to release some new stuff. Uh, even the same thing happened with uh, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves fell off for a long time. I didn't see him in anything until Man of Tai Chi, I think, in 2009, and then he disappeared again. Um, and then he was in some horror movie called Hi- Hide and Seek or something. It was a terrible movie. Um, but then nothing. And then he finally got John Wick started building with that franchise again. And now he's going to be in the new matrix movie. He's making an appearance in SpongeBob. He's got a new bill and Ted. I love it when actors start doing that, especially ones that I have made some of my favorite films and shows. So uh, yeah, Martin Lawrence, we want you back, man. Come on our show. (laughs) Heard it here first. Martin Lawrence, uh, after the act, a prestigious podcast. We'll love to have you. You could bring Will along, too, if you want, if he's free. And I actually had uh, one more question for you, man. Yeah. Uh, in terms of, you know, every action movie, se- every action series, like mainstream one you can think of. So we got Die Hard. We've got Lethal Weapon. We've got John Wick. We've got, uh, you know, Fast and Furious. You've got all these different action films. How would you rank Bad Boys? Would you say top five, top three? What are you What are you thinking in terms of just like a, just action movie? Man, I definitely not top three or top five. Probably it, it. I guess we would have to tighten the reins on what this genre is because if it's just action, then you can say you know like Raid Redemption would be in there, which is also like this cop film, just more you know martial arts based. So I think in general, it's probably Raid Redemption, John Wick. Um, and, uh, I'm trying to stay away from sci-fi ones. Cause then that opens up a whole different slew of movies. Um, otherwise I'd probably put like the matrix up there, but if, if we're staying away from sci-fi to be raid redemption, uh, and John wick, absolutely. Um, I don't really know what the third one would be. Bad boy is probably top 10 though. It's probably top 10. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I'd probably rank those first two with you pretty much the same. Ray Redemption, number one. And like you said, John Wick, number two. Uh, I'd probably rank, despite me not liking the last one, I thought diehards have always been pretty consistent in terms of good action. So. Oh, yeah, you know what? You're right. Die Hard would be up there. Uh, I mean, I feel like I didn't like Die Hard 2 or 4 or anything after that, really. But Die Hard 1 and 3... Or just like bangers, and the rest of them can be like background. Like even the one with uh that one co- comic actor with 
people hacking the world essentially. Justin Long, yeah. Uh, yeah, Justin die, Long. Live free or die hard. Yeah, that one was like the most ridiculous one, and it was not. It wasn't like this cop stuck in a vent, you know, just trying to make it out. It was like, oh, he is essentially like Domino from Deadpool, where he's just like this super action star that cannot die. But even that's like fair background entertainment. So I think, you know, good call. I think Die Hard would be right up there. Yeah, plus him in number three, Die Hard with a Vengeance with Samuel Jackson. That's perfect buddy cop chemistry right there. That yes. yes. A lot of people sleep on that one. That's my favorite Die Hard. Like I know the first one's the like the OG Die Hard movie that everyone loves. But Die Hard with a Vengeance is my favorite. I think him and Sam Jackson have that sure. that chemistry that you see in Bad Boys with uh with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a. I mean, it's really hard to rank those two, but yeah, I, I put Die Hard one above it all. But you know what, Bad Boys, it's it's in that conversation. You know, uh, we got to see Bad Boys turn into good men, as Marcus say in this movie. Uh, and you know, I'm I'm looking forward to the fourth one. I'm I'm, I'm at least looking forward to seeing more Martin Martin Lawrence. I just want him to have a job. <laughs> all right, and uh, what about favorite comedic? Like, what was your favorite comedic bit in this film? Oh, I think it was definitely uh, Marcus trying to utilize his uh, woosah in actual action, like I mentioned earlier, of him trying to penetrate that man's heart with his soul. And again, his ass kick probably and saying, all right, Mike, yeah, beat his ass. <laughs> this, this is not working. Only because it sets up that call back at the end so well, but now Marcus is like, yo, beat that dude's ass. And he's like, no, I got to I gotta reach him. He's like, it's not the time for that. Uh, I think that was definitely my favorite one. What about you? Uh, mine was uh, slightly spoiled by the trailer, but I just love that too. car. I love that car scene, man, where the the dead body falls in the car, and he's just like getting the call from his wife. It just encompasses everything that he is as a character <laughs> in that particular scene, because he's just like, I don't want to. I'm only doing this because you're my boy, but I'm not getting involved. I'm retired. I'm gonna take this minivan. It's gonna be cool. We're gonna go at a, we're gonna go at the speed limit. We're good. And then a body falls on his car. He's just like, damn it. I just can't get out of this these situations. And then his wife calls him and, you know, it goes she on knows. from there. She but always then, knows somehow. She always knows. <laughs> and that's so that's so true, dude. Oh, my God. And then Will Smith, uh, he's even afraid of his wife himself, which is funny. He's like, what was the tone of her voice? She just hung up. Is she like, did she hang up immediately or did she wait? She just hung up, man. It's like, oh, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I love I, I I just love that scene. So that to me that was my favorite comedic bit, favorite action bit. I'm sure you can agree was uh this that end sequence with yeah. uh with just the fire ro- like burning everywhere like if it's hell and they have to confront each other's respective demons to get out of this situation alive. Uh, just beautifully done, beautiful cinematography, beautiful action. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, both really like Bad Boys for Life. Good job, everyone. And uh, you know what? We'll probably review the next one in a few years it comes out. In the 10 years it takes for Bad Boys 4 to come out. Um, and you can uh, you can catch us for our next episode where we'll talk about a, another, I guess, action film, right? Action comic book. Uh, we'll be doing uh, Birds of Prey. So uh, stay tuned for that one. Yeah, Birds of Prey. Um, I mean, that. I think they changed the title t- twice. I think it was like Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous something, something, something of Harley Quinn. Now it's just Harley Quinn colon birds of prey um because yeah their marketing sucked i guess but that'll be fun to do but until then 
You can find all of our work at MalinPictures.com. Email us at AfterTheActPodcast.gmail.com. Um, feel free to reach out to us on Facebook, Instagram, listen to us on any of those podcast platforms that you guys typically listen to. If you can't find us on the podcast platform of your choice, let us know. Drop us a line and we will definitely get on there. Uh, but until then, we'll try to be good men while living that bad boy's life. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? Uh, what you gonna do when they yeah. come for you? Bad boys, bad boys. Dude, man, you gotta learn those lyrics. We fucking them up, and they take a long time to learn. <laughs> Martin's gonna be here next week. Cause I'm gonna be pissed at this. He's gonna be real mad. But you know what? It's okay. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure he'll. I'm sure he'll forgive us. Uh, but uh, until next time. Also, DC, get your shit together. <laughs> get like bad boys. Exactly. Peace. Peace.